Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens with your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. On this episode, the Roundtable looks at Christians, CBD, and marijuana use. Let's join the conversation. So today, we're going to talk about pot, marijuana. Uh, it's amazing how much this is in the news all across the country, and there's several different aspects of this that are in the news that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we'll certainly be talking about recreational marijuana use and a Christian response to that, medicinal marijuana use and a Christian response to that, but then also the issue of CBD oil, the non intoxicating version of this and a growing number of pastors and Christian businesses that are selling this. So we're going to dive into all of this now with John Rush, Roger Marsh, Neil Boron, myself, Bob Duco. Gentlemen, how are you today? Good morning, Bob. Doing well, Bob. Doing great, thanks. I'm a little nervous. Why is it a little bit smokier in here than it should be? Come on. John, come clean. We know they're in Denver. You guys have been been trailblazing the whole pothead movement in this (laughs) country. Literally. Literally. I know. We have. We have. And it... uh, Oh. It, we'll talk about that through the program. It, it has created um, a lot. Let's just say this. It's created a lot of interesting things here in Colorado. Let's yeah. just say that. Safe to say. Safe to say. Well, you know, and it's interesting, too, when we get to talking about recreational marijuana. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, you know, just for the sake of full disclosure, I don't know about you guys, but in my pre-Christian days way back when, I was kind of a stoner. I was a pothead. I, I smoked my fair amount of marijuana, but I got saved when I was 19, and I haven't had any marijuana since then. So I'll be, I, I don't even know. It's been 39, almost 40 years now. I don't even know what pot is like these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I hear it's a lot stronger. You know, who really knows? But but we'll uh, hundred times, hundred times stronger. Wow, that's crazy. All right, well let's let's start first though with CBD oil. All right, now this is something that seems to be growing in a lot of popularity. Uh, CBD oil is apparently the non. Tox- intoxicating chemical component in marijuana. So apparently when you take CBD oil, it doesn't get you high, but it is extracted from hemp. And I was reading an interesting story in Fox Business entitled Christian Companies Investing in CBD, Preaching Its Healing Powers. And they say that uh, it can help with everything from chronic pain to anxiety to insomnia to diabetes to menstrual cramps, cramps and such. Um, there are pastors in this story that are talking about how, look, we, we use this. We think that this is great. Uh, there are Christian companies that are selling this and promoting this as well. And there are a lot of other Christians that are saying that this is troubling because any way you cut it, this is coming from marijuana, it's coming from hemp, and there's this kind of perceived taboo of Christians involving themselves in any way with marijuana or the marijuana industry, even if it's just the non-intoxicating oil extracted from this. And so this has caused a lot of debate among Christians, whether this is a good or a negative thing. And so first let's talk about uh, the, the concept of CB, uh, CBD oil. And, and, John, let me start with you because, like I say, in, in Colorado, you guys have been so much on the forefront in this whole push, you know, pot-pushing mm-hmm. movement, it seems, yes. in this country. Uh, before we get later on to discussing the whole recreational marijuana use and such, what's your take on this whole CBD oil and as Christians? How do we look at this? Uh, truthfully, I think you have to put a line down the middle and, and look at CBD completely separate as you would normal, you know, marijuana, pot, weed, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, everybody's got a different name for it. And the THC content, to your point a moment ago, is 100 times stronger than it ever has been. There's different blends. I mean, I could go on for hours about all the different things that sure. are going on here in Colorado when it comes to that side of the fence. The CBD side is, is fairly new. I mean, even here in Colorado, it's one of those things where I think each state's even trying to figure out, you know, what do they do as far as regulation, if any, on CBD to keep it consistent and, and to make sure that it's really what it says it's going to be on the bottle. But I think as Christians, you have to draw a line literally down the middle because the CBD side of the fence is nothing more, you know, people that would be against you know, growing marijuana would be against growing hemp rope and things like that that were used for, you know, generations, uh, you know, prior to now. And so, uh, you know, there is a purpose for the plant. The CBD oil is coming out of that side of the plant with no THC, and there is some great medicinal 
uh, values, if you would, on the CBD side, especially for people that are fighting, you know, things like arthritis or have cancer. And I've got family members that have even used it for the cancer side of the fence and even have used some of the medical marijuana edibles on that side as well, which we can get into later. So, I mean, I think as Christians, we'd be very careful what we put taboos on because that same Christian is going to go pop a pill to make sure he feels better. Right. Well, and, and, interestingly enough, there is a sense of, uh, of taboo, you're right, that we tend to apply to things. Oh, no, we can never consider it, can never consider it. But why? I mean, if this is natural and it's not mind-altering, and personally I happen to believe in natural holistic remedies, if at all possible, to be able to use, and, and God created things. And so it seems like this would fall into this category. Roger, what's, what's your take on this? Well, I think that you guys have really set the table well for this conversation because it's too easy to meme this and just say it's all right or it's all wrong. Uh, to John's point about drawing that dividing line, the idea that there are people who are benefiting from CBD oil just as we have benefited from hemp, uh, a lot of people go, hemp, pot, what's the difference? Well, there's a big difference. And the fact that so many people are just now kind of waking up to that, I mean, here in California, we've had the issue of medical marijuana for years, and mm-hmm. I think that was literally, to use a, a, a term of, for the drug prevention, it was kind of a gateway to try to legalize marijuana use. But, uh, Bob, as you noted, and you and I got saved at about the same season in life, about 18, 19 years of age, I never smoked it because I don't smoke cigarettes, but I remember the smell. <laughs> you, you could tell mm-hmm. you walk into a movie theater or any right. place and kids are trying to light up in the back. So you kind of you get the feeling of, OK, well, there was some kind of mood altering going on there. But the more I, we've been researching about it, I have an extended family member, too, who benefits from CBD oil on a regular basis as an anti-anxiety medication mm-hmm. um, and, and realizing that you can use it in essential oils and things like that. THC and CBD in the purest form, from what I understand, actually kind of balance each other out. To John's point, now the THC component, the way they're manufacturing this uh, marijuana is is making it, you know, exponentially worse because there's way more THC in it than there was when we were, you know, younger people and people were doing it. So it, it is... The, the, you mentioned the, the natural part. I think absolutely as Christians, we should embrace whatever God created into the universe and say, this is what, you know, God says is good. But then there's the whole part about how it's used and how it's applied. And I think that's where a lot of the, the misinformation in the body of Christ is just either writing it off completely and saying, you're not going to benefit from this or embracing it wholeheartedly and saying, well, it's all, some of it's good, so it must all be good. There, there's a real danger in that. All right. Well, look, let me ask you, you talk about pot, we talk about hemp. Are these just interchangeable words? I mean, Roger and John, you guys seem to be the pot aficionados, Cheech and Chong. So, <laughs> uh, so, 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 Dave's uh, not here, man. That's so, so, Ro- so uh, well, uh, John, Chong, Rush, uh, wh- <laughs> what is the difference between hemp and marijuana? Or are these just synonymous words it's it's the way that the plants actually are grown in the strain and, and by the way there's a lot of different strains of even plants when you get into the thc side which you know again being in colorado i've just learned these things over the years and being around it and inter- doing interviews with with different folks on the radio but the, you know the cbd or the hemp side and, and we've used industrial hemp in this country for years in fact they, there's some out there that would tell you that's the next biggest thing you should potentially invest in because the the hemp market, as far as farmers go, is going to grow exponentially. Now, is that going to happen? I don't know. But but to Roger's point, uh, it, it is. There are two different things. The the marijuana pot smoking, Cheech and Chong, you know, era of what we all remember as kids. And by the way, what they were smoking back then isn't anything close to what these folks are smoking today. That I do know for a fact. Right. Uh, you know, the, the the percentages of what THC levels are in the plant today and what they've been able to do grow wise has just you know it's just changed changed exponentially uh, but but yeah it's two different things and the hemp side and I think it's very care I think it's very important for us even as Christians or radio talk show hosts to call it what it is it's hemp it's not marijuana and they are not one and the same all right well so hemp and marijuana not being the same thing if somebody if somebody is smoking a joint and I don't know are they even still called joints these days or am I yes. just really dated okay no they so, are so if somebody's smoking a joint today that's marijuana. Are there two people smoke? One person smoking hemp and one person smoking marijuana? 
you don't smoke hemp. Okay, what do you do with There's hemp? no value. To, there would be no value to it. You, you would make, you know, the hemp side would be making rope. Clothing even is made out of hemp. Okay. There's so many. I mean, think of it as cotton, if you would. So it's, it's right. basically a plant that has multi-uses, multifaceted uses from, from, you know, now this oil, which they can extract out of the plant, to clothing, to sheets, to, I mean, you name it. Think of it as almost cotton and what can be made from cotton. All right, so Christians then really should have no taboo concerns over hemp then for any any purposes it's just Zero. specifically okay so Zilch. hemp no problem whether it's for clothing or whether it's for rope or whether it's for you know medicinal oils or whatever that can be used uh, for this far cry from marijuana itself which is actually uh, used for the smoking purposes okay yeah and, and, and even if you look up in the dictionary of it guys really quick hemp it's the cannabis plant but it is grown for fiber. That's all it's grown for. It's Got not it. grown for smoking or anything along those lines. It makes strong fabrics, fiberboard, even paper can be made out of hemp. Okay. All right. Now, uh, Neil, let me ask you, Neil Boron. Uh, Cheech and Chong are assuring us here that there's no real concerns, uh, biblical concerns, Christian concerns for hemp. Uh, that's a far cry, of course, from marijuana specifically itself. But there are a lot of Christians, Neil, who do have that kind of taboo perception that hemp and marijuana, they're part of the same world. It's part of that same drug world. Why would we want to feed the perception of credibility for that entire industry? Uh, How do you tend to look at this as Christians? How should we see the whole hemp and CBD oil issue? Well, let's do this. I I know uh, that there's a lot that I want to say, but we're also in need of taking a break here. So why don't we just take a break for a second? And when we come back, we can continue our conversation on the National Crawford Roundtable. Learn how to walk the narrow path with Steve Gregg. With over 40 years of studying the Bible, Steve Gregg is passionate about teaching you how to apply scriptural wisdom to every aspect of your life. Listen to The Narrow Path on your local Crawford broadcasting station or online at thenarrowpath.com. The Narrow Path is 100% listener supported. Please keep this vital ministry going with your generous financial support. And let them know you heard about The Narrow Path on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Well, it's a really interesting conversation we're having, and I'm, I'm really enjoying hearing what John and Roger have to say, because I know so little about this myself. By the way, I do want to add one thing before yeah. I even comment on what you just said, Bob. When I was covering the Democratic Convention in New York City in 1992 for Family News and Focus, uh, I remember walking past the, the Hemp Society that was stationed just outside of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and those people were smoking massive amounts of hemp. But what I have come to learn, if I know anything at all, is that there's a super low level of THC in it. So you'd have to smoke massive amounts to get any kind of, uh, you know, uh, intoxicating benefit out of it. Okay. Um, but so I agree, you know, with virtually everything I've heard from those guys. And I've actually enjoyed listening to what they have to say because I feel like I'm learning some things about it. But on the issue of why is it, an issue for Christians. I think we're famous in the body of Christ for caring about what our brothers and sisters sitting in the pews think. You know, it's the avoid all appearance of evil thing. And I really think this just falls under the category of legalism in a sense. Like, because there is a dividing line between hemp and marijuana and and what we're really talking about here is we don't want to be associated with something that people might think we're doing because we have some bad habits we don't want them to know about and it's baloney. It's none of it. None of it's even real. So I, I'm, I don't. I don't have any problem whatsoever with the CBD side, the hemp side that has some apparent value in terms of. And I guess there's some controversy about how effective the oil is. But I heard some of you guys say that it's been used effectively to treat various conditions or to provide additional health. And if if that's the case. Go for it. And by the way, interesting that we talked about socialism and capitalism recently, and if the body of Christ or people in the body of Christ are stepping up and, um, you know, taking the opportunity to create businesses around something that God himself created, and there is nothing attached to it that could be seen as, you know, dangerous or intoxicating and that kind of thing, then go for it. I mean, it's capitalism at its best, and mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't have any problem with it whatsoever right. in that well, sense. And- and this story that I was referencing earlier in Fox Business, there's a Christian company that calls themselves Genesis 129, and mm. they sell CBD products. And Genesis 129, of course, every herb and fruit-bearing seed I have given you for food, uh, which then, of course, begs the question, well, doesn't that also apply then to marijuana? So let's do this. Let's shift then from 
CBD oil to medicinal marijuana, not recreational, but medicinal. I've had this debate with my listeners on my show. I'm sure many of you guys have as well over the years. Uh, John, let me start with you. I've heard both sides of this argument. I've had nurses and medical professionals call into my show and disagree. Some of them will say uh, medicinal marijuana is not really necessary. There's other kinds of pharmaceuticals and synthetics that can alleviate uh, the, the chemotherapy, nausea and symptoms and help people with glaucoma and such. But then I've had others call in and say, no, there is no comparison. Nothing works better and alleviates suffering more than marijuana does. And so therefore, we need to accept its medicinal value. And I got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm like a guy at a, a tennis match with my head going back and forth because I hear experts from both sides uh, on this issue. What are your thoughts? And as Christians, how do we look at the idea of medicinal marijuana? And personally speaking, I don't have a problem with the medicinal side if, in fact, that's what you're using it for. I do believe it can be abused greatly. It was here in Colorado. I mean, any doctor, you know, quote unquote doctor, I should say, air quotes around doctor would prescribe a medical marijuana card when all we had was medical marijuana here in the state before recreational marijuana became legal. And, and you know, real, the reality was most anybody that had that card could go down and get whatever they needed, smoke it, and away they went. Now, the true medicinal purposes and the thing that, and I'm like you, Bob, some of this volume that goes back and forth. The one thing that I always have to look at though, and I, and I do this as a host on a regular basis is, you know, where's the money? So if I'm talking to a nurse or a doctor that's telling me that there's pharmaceuticals out there that will equal and do exactly what marijuana will do, I got to ask the question, what's in it for them? Well, in a lot of cases, what's in it for them is the more they push a particular drug, which we have learned recently when it comes to the, the opioid crisis that we have going on in this country, the more that they can push a particular drug, the more kickbacks, the more trips, the more things that they actually end up getting on their behalf. And I'm not saying that everyone in that field looks at it that way, but you have to wonder on the medical side of the fence, how much are they tainted or how much are, is their belief system influenced by that end of things? Because I've known people firsthand that have had cancer, that have done the medical marijuana, not smoking it. But my, I, my dad had colon cancer. He's still battling it today. Mm-hmm. He's still on chemo for it. Mm-hmm. And, and my mom got him a card way back when because he was having such a hard time with the chemo and being able to function and so on. And I will tell you that the, the, the medical marijuana that he used in an edible form um, he'll tell you today, helped him dramatically, helped him function on a daily basis where none of the drugs that they were giving him had that same effect. So, you know, I, I guess I would have to go back to real life examples and say, okay, Mr. Doctor or Mrs. Nurse, give me an example of something where you've been able to provide somebody a drug that will do the same thing and have the same value that medical marijuana does. Yeah, you know, Roger, I think John's making a very good point here. I, I, I've been a supporter of medicinal marijuana. I it seems to me that there are enough anecdotal cases at a minimum where people are benefiting from this. And I don't want to take some kind of pharisaical legalistic approach and apply a taboo to something if it in fact is natural, created by God, and is genuinely alleviating people's suffering. Yeah, and that's the the problem that a lot of people are running into in this CBD versus THC debate is the fact that the, the medicinal purposes of hemp and then to marijuana uh, will often be overlooked if we just go polarize one side or the other. I wanted to circle back around to something John said earlier in the first segment with regard to hemp and the uses of hemp. Uh, more and more people are finding that there are some uh, some nutritional values uh, to hemp seeds and hemp hearts and things like that. Apparently, they've got a lot of uh, fats and omega-6 and omega-3, you know, uh, things that can actually help. And, and they're a good source of natural protein as more and more people are kind of moving away from uh, – animals as their sources of protein this is falling into that category but uh, I, john's point is very well taken about uh, his father and the and the cancer treatment i know in our world uh, we've got extended family members who have benefited especially with the anxiety issue i've got a couple of folks with developmental delays in our world and and sometimes they can't really articulate what it is that's you know making them feel lousy or whatever and next thing you know they're you know benefiting from a product that would uh, would give them the opportunity to kind of just kind of even things out a little bit. They're not getting stoned, you know, by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination, but they are being provided comfort to people who don't have the ability to to say, you know, doctor, this is where it hurts, and this is you know where my anxieties are coming from. So I, I think that it, we're wise to to look at this and say, okay, what does it actually do? But then you're right; we always have to follow the money. 
You know, I mean, the the legalization of marijuana, I think, altruistically for us is saying, okay, well, we want to help people. But, you know, there's government agencies and big businesses and everybody wants a piece of the action. So, I mean, if we if we think that we're, you know, supporting something that's going to be beneficial to people without taking that into consideration, boy, we're really missing the mark on that one. What's your take on that, Neil? I agree. I don't have a whole lot else to add. I think um, there's a lot. Looking at it as an industry, by the way, and there's a lot more to talk about there, it, there's a lot of people that have an interest in this just because of the fact that it's going to be a moneymaker. But I you know, I mean, my, I was talking to my brother earlier today. He lives in the Dallas area, and he's been involved in a lot of ministry to people with disabilities. And some of them are paraplegic, quadriplegic, or amputees, you know, and for whatever reason, they have certain you know, physical situations they're dealing with, and the medical marijuana has been a tremendous asset to them. I don't think anybody in the body of Christ or anyone on the planet should be naive about potential abuses of that kind of thing, but I've heard far too many stories about its benefits to think that there isn't something valuable inherently, you know, in its use. And so I think that as believers, we ought to be open-minded to say, how in the world can this be a benefit to someone? And if so, let's support that. All right. Now, and by the way, I agree with you. We're all on the same page. But let me, devil's advocate here, Neil. I, I have had people say, I'm sure you have too, that the bottom line is the abuses are a real thing. It does open up the window to the entire recreational pot use. And why in the world would we want to give credibility and to, to that industry and open up the door to that industry when we know it's going to be abused? And before you know it, we're, we're turning a bunch of people into potheads because, uh, because of something that maybe isn't really that necessary if there's other medicinal um, ways of alleviating people's suffering. I mean, what, what about and, and, that? And I want to jump in here real quick, Bob. Yeah. I think you know, the reality of what you just said is very true, by the way. But I think that's true for anything. I mean, we, we could go to we could go down the line on any different thing that's out there. And life is all about balance, even as Christians. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can have too much of anything, including church. I mean, I've seen many a family be destroyed because you know, dad was at church too many nights a week doing whatever the church wanted him to do, and the church was sucking the life out of him, but it ruined the family. So, you know, mm-hmm. anything even pastors if it's intended to be good, <laughs> yeah, pastors yeah. run exactly. So, right. you know, anything even even something that's intended to be good, if overused. You know, we can come into the same problem. So I think, I think we as Christians have to be really careful to not just point fingers at one particular item because of something that we in particular do not like. Because the same could be said of, of opium. I mean, opium is a natural plant that we drive all of our opioids from. And of course, where heroin comes from, which right. is, which is the bad side of it. You know, but the good side is there's some really great medicinal purposes that come out of opium. But isn't it, is it addictive? It's the most addictive substance on the planet. Right. Right. Not to mention yeah, the fact. I, I mean, well, think about how many medications. Somebody, the morphine you have to be on. You have people go into a surgery that I mean, there's all kind of pain pills and things that that will alter your state of mind as well as as a means of that. Are we going to say no? You can't use that stuff. Can't alleviate the pain because after all, uh, it can lead down the path to uh, recreational. Drug use, or even prescription drug use, or whatever. So, no, I mean that's that's a great point. But guys, hang on a second, short break, and we're going to pick it up there and continue the conversation uh, next. Just a minute from now, here on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Be transformed by the Word of God with Alistair Begg and Truth for Life. Every weekday, Alistair Begg teaches the Bible through in-depth, verse-by-verse attention to the Word of God. You can listen to Truth for Life on your local Crawford Broadcasting Station or listen online at truthfullife.org. Please support this important ministry with your donations at the truthfullife.org website or by calling 888-588-7884 and be sure to let them know you heard about Truth for Life from the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. So yeah, talking about the the issue of medicinal medicinal marijuana, uh, I think you guys are absolutely right. And Neil, to to John's point here, uh, we do need to recognize that yes, there is a tendency to abuse these kind of things, but there's a tendency to abuse just about any of the kind of drugs that are out, out there. So why in the world are we going to treat the issue of ma- marijuana differently than we would any other? drug or pharmaceutical or painkiller that also has the potential right. to be abused? Well, I, I think 
were tempted to treat it differently because of its association with marijuana and the idea that, you know, everyone thinks of Woodstock and the abuses of the 1960s and 70s and potheads and Spicoli in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High, who <laughs> yeah. was one, one of my favorite characters, although I don't endorse the movie. But, Whoa. but uh, you know, uh, what I'm hearing a lot of in conversations about this, and it's even kind of coming up today, is, is that there's a fear that drives – conversations like this i'm thinking of colossians 2 uh, where it says you know if you've died with the messiah to the basic principles of the world why are you submitting to its decrees as though you still lived in the world like do not handle this do not taste do not touch all of these will be destroyed as they are used because they're based on human commands and teachings these things have the appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion humility and harsh treatment of the body but they have no value against fleshly indulgence and what i'm getting at here is I don't think that we were called as believers primarily to follow rules and regulations, but to allow the King of Kings to rule in our hearts. And so, you know, the, the reason I think people get hung up on stuff like this is because of the gateway issue. Like, but if we allow a little bit, and if it has any association whatsoever, even if it's not the same thing, but it has some association to the idea of marijuana and that being a gateway drug to use of other drugs, then we better just avoid it altogether because look at, look at all the bad stuff that could happen. I and know. it's fear-based. And I just think that you know, in our relationship with God, perfect love casts out fear. That should never be our motivation for making decisions. And, and it, yeah. this, like any other thing, could be taken to excess. By the way, I had a, a friend in uh, graduate school at Regent University, he was studying the New Testament, and he couldn't stop reading the letters of the Apostle Paul. And the the dean of the school said, listen, you're going to flunk out if you don't do the rest of the coursework. And he was so obsessed with reading everything written by the Apostle Paul that he flunked out, and he later took his own life as a result of flunking out of school. He had intended to be a pastor. But, you know, he took the Bible to excess and ended up taking his own life. I realize it's an extreme example, but it underscores what was said earlier. Well, it does. And and Roger, to Neil's point, we do as Christians, sometimes we have such knee-jerk reactions to things emotionally. We've already determined something culturally is taboo no matter what. Mm -hmm. So therefore, uh, we label it a sin automatically because of its association to something else. And it it seems like we got to be willing to examine issues like this uh, you know, uh, kind of separately and, and not just – and look at it biblically, look at it logically and not just automatically assume that, well, since it's uh, six degrees of separation connected to marijuana, therefore we can't even consider it. But, but as Christians, we, we tend to do this. We emotionally knee-jerk react against things. Yeah, we certainly do. And uh, gosh, Neil, that story is just heartbreaking of, you know, someone who was diving into one part of God's word so compulsively that uh, was missing out on on the full counsel of Scripture, which is just, mm-hmm. it's awful. And, mm-hmm. and Bob, your point, too, is very well taken, because we've been talking for almost a half an hour about this, and we haven't once mentioned alcohol yet. And when you think about, you know, the Christian relationship to alcohol versus, you know, we'll talk about this in the second part of the podcast, I'm sure, um, how, how many Christians who have such a really strict, rigid stance against marijuana use and abuse do so over a couple of margaritas or a couple of beers after church or after anything just because, well, I can handle this, but that other stuff is really dangerous. And I mm-hmm. think Scripture is pretty clear about drunkenness and disorderliness and slothfulness, too. So uh, there, there are a lot of places where we in the body of Christ don't want to be so focused on one issue as a bad taboo that we miss other things that could be harmful to us. So true, so true. Well, we are going to continue this National Crawford Roundtable podcast. In the second half hour, we're going to get to the issue of recreational marijuana. And as Christians, how do we view this? Believe it or not, there are a lot of Christians who are saying recreational marijuana is actually acceptable. All right, well, we'll explore that. And I would encourage you folks in the second half of the discussion of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, you can get it at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can also find it online at CrawfordBroadcasting.com. So we continue this National Crawford Roundtable podcast with John Rush out of Denver, Roger Marsh out of Southern California, Neil Boron out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. Okay, guys, we've talked about CBD oil. We've talked about hemp, the difference between hemp and marijuana. We've talked about medicinal marijuana. Now let's get to recreational marijuana. Uh, We know this is now the case in Colorado. We know this is now the case in California and mother, many other countries around the nation here in Michigan. Same thing, uh, uh, recreational marijuana 
is now being legalized in the state of Michigan. I know it's coming really close in New York as well. Uh, let's explore whether, as Christians, we can and should consider recreational marijuana as an acceptable thing. And, John, let me start with you on this. Uh, here's what the argument is, pretty much, that uh, alcohol, and we haven't talked about alcohol yet. I know we are going to have a podcast in the future where we specifically deal with the issue of alcohol, uh, and we'll deal with that in, in more detail in a future podcast, but I know it's going to be part of this discussion. Uh, as Christians, and my personal view is I do not believe it's a sin to drink alcohol. It is clearly a sin to get drunk, but it's not a sin to drink alcohol. Uh, and I would argue that Jesus did, in fact, drink fermented wine. Had he Agreed. drank enough of that wine, he would have gotten drunk. But he didn't mm-hmm. get drunk because he never sinned, and therefore he didn't drink enough of it. And so I think there's a very, very clear biblical case that Jesus, Paul, the disciples, uh, they were in fact drinking something that if you drank enough of it, you would get drunk, therefore don't drink enough of it. Uh, If that is the case, what do we do with marijuana? Because I can have a glass of wine and that may take the edge off, but I'm not to the point of drunk. Uh, If I can do that as a Christian, John, why can't I, devil's advocate, why can't I just maybe have smoke uh, half of a joint or whatever, just enough to take the edge off, but not enough to get stoned. Well, and my answer to that would be, you know, honestly, Bob, I don't know. I, I mean, the reality is for me as as a Christian and as a believer and as someone that honestly has never, I mean, I, I don't drink a lot of alcohol, period, never have, didn't grow up drinking, um, and I've never smoked marijuana, never had any edibles, anything along those lines. So really, as far as the mind-altering end of things go, I've never been someone that's needed those things to, you know, unwind at the end of the day. Now, real quick, though, I will add that, you know, several years back in, you know, well, before 2010, I weighed 300 plus pounds. So my relief at the end of the day was a nice big meal. So every mm-hmm. one of us has things that we do and use in our lives and it's supposed to be, you know, the Lord himself that's supposed to be that. But we all use different things to, to your point, take off that edge or to have some sort of relief. For me, food is one of those items. I, I can do as well with food as I ever could with, with most likely marijuana or alcohol. And I have to control that to this day to make sure that I don't weigh 300 and some pounds again because I lost 120 pounds and I don't want to weigh that again. So I think mm-hmm. each and every one of us, guys... And I think this is where we have to be really careful not to judge the other side because everyone struggles with something differently in their own life. Now, when we start talking about marijuana, though, I think the thing that I struggle with with marijuana is I don't know very many people, if any, frankly, that smoke marijuana and don't smoke enough to where they're not high. And so I think that the struggle that I have with marijuana, which is different than alcohol, is most people, unless you weigh 80 pounds, can sit down, have a drink, and it's not going to be any problem for them to be buzzed or have any kind of issues driving home after that one drink. And as long as they monitor what they're doing, they're not even going to be on the edge. Marijuana, on the other hand, I think for most individuals, if they smoked a joint or a bowl or or they put it in their pipe or whatever they do to use the marijuana, you know, the substance itself, however they get it into their body, I think in most cases, they're all doing it to get high. And I think the problem that I have personally is when you're doing something to then alter your mind and you're essentially replacing what the Lord should be doing in our lives in that same process, you know, we're replacing him with marijuana at that point, And that's where I would have a struggle with it. Okay. But now let me ask you, and by the way, I, I don't support recreational marijuana. So I want to make sure we're clear on this. Okay. However, uh, John, in all fairness, why can't that argument be applied to alcohol as well and say, well, what is the purpose for somebody drinking alcohol if it's not to get drunk? Okay, the bottom line is you ought to be trusting in the Lord for that and, and not the alcohol. Uh, I don't think that that's a fair way to look at somebody who wants to have a glass of wine to take the edge off. So why isn't it fair to say to the person who just wants to smoke a small amount of marijuana, I just want to take the edge off, but I'm not going to smoke enough to get stoned? Why is it you can do that with wine, but I can't do that with pot? Well, and honestly, guys, I, th- I think I think you could say the same on both sides. And I think we're, as, as Christians especially, we have to be extremely careful what substance, which, by the way, we could throw a lot of substances into this particular discussion, not just alcohol and marijuana, but as sure. I said earlier, even food. even food yeah. for a lot of individuals, yeah. sugar, cake, different things along those lines. And I think I, I think we just have to be careful 
as Christians that we are not supplanting what is supposed to be in our lives to take care of us on a daily basis. I'm not saying that the Lord didn't give us things that we can use to take, you know, some of those those edges off, if you would, at times, and and, and you know, in in the herbs and the drugs and the things that are out there that can be used to help us medicinally and so on. I'm like you, Bob. I am not for. Uh, recreational marijuana. I can give you plenty of examples here in Colorado where I feel like it's really screwed up a lot of things. That's sure. another topic probably for another day, but I'm not for it. And, I, and again, I think, too, the other issue that you have with marijuana is is how long it stays in your body as well. And, and we could get into really deep discussions about what it does to the brain. And believe me, guys, the THC and what's going on with marijuana is a far different process in your body than what happens with alcohol. And there, and that's where I think for me lies the problem. Okay. Well, Roger, what about this, though? Is it a sin for a Christian to recreationally smoke marijuana. Look, is it healthy for your body? No, I don't think so. But alcohol is not healthy for your liver either. But as Christians, we recognize that, you know what, you can drink alcohol, but in moderation, not to the point of drunkenness. Why can't that same principle be applied to recreational marijuana? And if we're going to be opposed to recreational marijuana, and I am, and I think we all are, uh, we need to be in a position to be able to, to defend that position when we get into debates with fellow believers in Christ that say, you guys are being hypocritical. You're sitting there with a glass of wine saying, hey, I'm not drinking enough to get drunk, but you're telling me I can't smoke pre-stoned levels of marijuana. How do we respond? Well, I think that it begins with a bit of education. And we're talking about alcohol, and I I bring this up because alcoholism has really wrought havoc in my family uh, for years. And so I, I, I admire my dad for being such a stalwart in terms of growing up in an alcoholic home and putting himself through grad school and not introducing alcohol into our house until he was 40. You know, just said, I'm not going to do this. And now he and my mom will do wine tastings and things like that. But they they really wanted to break a generational curse, and I'm glad they did. I think part of the problem, Bob, to your point about what we keep talking about, recreational use of marijuana, is it's possible to have a beer or a glass of wine in a recreational setting and not get to the point where your mood is so altered that you're going to mess things up. Um, there was a British study that came out in 2008 that talked about how much it takes to get somebody, you know, really messed up you know, in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. how, how many beers, how many glasses of wine. And on average, the t- typical height and weight of an American person, um, it takes about four drinks for a woman or five drinks for a man to get to the point where you're really intoxicated to the point where you're doing damage, you know, so having that proverbial glass of wine. Okay, fine. With a marijuana cigarette, the way marijuana is being grown today, uh, it it takes four puffs of a joint to get that same level of intoxication. Four four puffs to get to what level? To to get to the same level as if you had five beers. So five beers is basically four puffs. So for for one glass of wine, I mean, my wife and I go out to a restaurant, I might have a glass of wine. So one glass of wine is what literally uh, a half of a puff of a a joint today? Yeah, that's about right. Really? So when you talk about recreational use of marijuana, my question is, well, why would you try to to use this recreationally? Because you're going to cross the line really quickly. I mean, no one's going to stop at four puffs, right? It's like Lay's potato chips, which are probably selling a lot now because people get the munchies because they're stoned. And, John, I know you've seen this in Colorado. We've seen it in California, too. Driving under the influence has become driving while distracted. We're seeing higher rates of car crashes and speeding tickets and things like that. Because you can't actually smoke marijuana while you're driving, but if you go driving while you're hammered and baked, then yeah, you're going to make you're going to make worse decisions, and and that's a danger that a lot of people have with marijuana. I I've seen this anecdotally, the fact that when somebody's drunk, we have you know the the uh, the DUI stops and there's the breathalyzer and the test. With a lot of these passages of recreational marijuana laws were passed in different states like California and Colorado. There's no way of measuring your level of intoxication that I know of. I mean, John, there's is there not. something all right? No, on there's that? not. Yeah. There is not. Yeah. So, so why would you legalize something and then say, but you can't do it recklessly and carelessly, but we really have no way of measuring that. I yep. mean, so, right. really, so the pushback comes back down to say, okay, well, if a Christian says, I support the recreational use of, of marijuana, just, you know, it's whatever, 
you only can use so much. And then when you get out there, you're far more dangerous. And we really don't have any way of knowing if you cross the line. So right. other than that, light up, guys, and have a great time, right? <laughs> well, and, and, and to Roger's point a moment ago, and Bob, this is something that you could relate to, given, you know, being the fact that as a younger man, you smoked marijuana. So the, the levels today versus back then, and by the way, this is from 1995 to today, and they rose from even when you were a kid to 95, but from mm-hmm. 95 to 2014, it went from 4% THC to 12%. So literally, Bob, you would have had to have been back in the day smoking three joints at the same time for what one today would be. Actually, I did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And ordering pizza at the same time. Hilarious. Well, John, that's where I get the... And then the munchies on top of everything. So for you, it would be horrible. You you get stoned, and then you get the munchies, and then you're putting the 120 pounds back on. Yes, we would not need that at all. Yes, not at all. Which is never good. Uh, Neil, what about this, though? Because I want to get your take on this. Uh, There are, and we need to prepare for the fact that there are Christians and a growing number of Christians who say we're being inconsistent here and say, look, bottom line, I'm not going to smoke that much, okay? I don't want to sit there and and drink two glasses of wine. I'd rather just take one puff of a marijuana cigarette and that takes the edge off of me just the same. Is that really a sin for me to do that? If you can drink in moderation, why can't I puff in moderation? I don't even know where to go with this because of so many things that I've been involved in in my life. And by the way, um, I had two experiences with marijuana in college. Only two times I ever smoked marijuana. And, however, I didn't inhale. Kidding. Nah. No, I, <laughs> yeah, you didn't I inhale. Did. <laughs> however, however uh, I had two really bad experiences. And I think mm. the, the, the marijuana I smoked in college was laced with something because I had um, like uh, you know kind of psychedelic episodes with – with in both cases, and people say that's not even possible. People who actually smoke pot and know what it's about say that's not even possible that that happened to you. And I say it happened, and it scared the daylights out of me. I wanted nothing to do with it after that. Hmm. Uh, but you know, growing up in an environment where you couldn't drink, smoke, swear, dance, play cards, super legalism growing up, I wasn't around alcohol and stuff like that. Um, so you know, by my junior year in college, when I fell off the deep end and became the prodigal, I mean, I couldn't stop drinking alcohol and. God brought so many different things into my life, including moderation, but I have really deeply held feelings, you know, about legalism and stuff and about where it drives people and all that. So back to the question at hand, uh, recreational use of marijuana, I like what was said earlier because I, I really feel like until we can actually measure its effect on the human body and know what we're dealing with, that it shouldn't be legalized. I might feel differently if we did, kind of like in the same category mm-hmm. as alcohol, if we were able to say, look, if you have, if you take two puffs, you're over the limit, you shouldn't be driving a car. I might feel differently at that point, just because I think it would put it more in the category of alcohol. But the idea that it can't be measured, I think, makes it really dangerous. And, um, and I would be against it for that reason. Now, in the body of Christ, the idea that some are going to say it's okay and some aren't, that just really is the same argument we've had. Mm-hmm. about uh, tobacco and alcohol. I mean, on Tobacco Road in North Carolina, there are all kinds of churches, and everyone there smokes cigarettes because they all own tobacco farms. Yeah. It's a very different world in North Carolina. But I grew up around people that said it was a sin to smoke, and so people didn't. And they were looked at funny if they did. Um, on the issue of marijuana, I think it's going to be the exact same thing. There's going to be the it's okay people, and there's going to be no Christians should right. never do that people. Well, you're going but, to get, but there is no scripture that that forbids it. Obviously, well, I, I think we are going to have Christians that are saying, you know, kind of like the Apostle Paul, things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. And so it, it, we can argue this is not expedient, but does that mean that it's not lawful or acceptable in the eyes of Christ? And I think you're going to like, get a lot of Christians who say, well, yeah, it is. And then so uh, we can argue against the wisdom of it yeah. and the laws and what they, you know. And, if it's illegal, well, then, of course, Romans 13, we've got to obey the governing authorities, and then it's done, said and done. But once it becomes legal, we then need to determine, okay, is this, in fact, sinful behavior for a Christian to do? Because we're going to get into these debates where you're going to have somebody on the worship team, and uh, the, the board is having a discussion about, well, you know, so-and-so does, smokes recreational pot, and then they're going to say, okay, what's well, so a what? So I, I've got to be called to repentance for this, but uh, you got no problem having a glass of wine, or I know so-and-so in the church is on the worship team, and, you know, he has a couple of beers. He doesn't get drunk, but he has a couple of beers. And, you know, so uh, this is something, I think, more and more, uh, and Roger, to, to Neil's point, that we are going to have to deal with. 
Yeah, we, we certainly are. And I think that's a, a very wise point, Bob, for us to, to camp out on for just a moment. The fact that this is here, this has uh, the, the, the reality and the culture is that the culture has shifted. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the photo that's been circulating around the Internet. A couple of our pastors were at a conference last week, and they were looking at a photo. There was a hurricane that hit Honduras about 20 years ago, and 75 inches of rain in four days. It was just a really mm, wow. dramatic pounding. And there was a bridge that was built to withstand the hurricanes. And so there was this bridge that's sitting there, and, and, and all the other roads and all the other bridges got wiped out. But this one was there. And then at the same time, though, the bridge was over an area that had been a river going through it. Well, the force of the rain was so strong, it literally redirected the current of the river. And now the river was running around the bridge instead of under it. Mm. And every time I I see that picture, I think, okay, this is for people in the church, pastors, broadcasters, you know, folks like us who say, well, I I just don't do it. The Bible says we shouldn't do it. And we want to, you know, we, we... do not get drunk with wine, with leaves of debauchery. And the same thing applies for marijuana. Uh, we have to look at this now and say the culture has definitely shifted. This is an issue that the church is going to face mm-hmm. if you aren't facing it already. And so we need to be able to articulate a position in the same way that 10 years ago, a lot of Christians could not have imagined having to have a, an articulatable position on same-sex marriage or you know, a regular cohabitation. This is the world we're living in now. And I, maybe the world is filled with so much anxiety that people are saying, well, uh, my friend smokes pot and we chill out together. So why can't I be a Christian and smoke pot? And we've, that whole we've moved from why to why not on so many different biblical truths. It's important for us to do that. So true. We're going to continue this conversation on the other side of this break. You're listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Dr. Michael Yusuf leads the way for people living in spiritual darkness to discover the light of Jesus Christ. This tremendous outreach begins with the proclamation of God's Word through the uncompromising biblical teaching of Dr. Michael Yusuf. Leading the Way is here to equip and strengthen the church to stand strong and to advance the gospel in today's ever-changing world. Listen to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf at ltw.org slash listen, and be sure to mention you heard about their program on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Guys, we're talking about recreational uh, use of marijuana, and I was I came across an article, I don't know if you're familiar with a, a guy by the name of Craig Gross, who's the pastor and founder of uh, something called triplexchurch.com. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. We've seen his latest effort, uh, christiancannabis.com. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> oh boy! And, and, and of course, where did he release this? He released it at Co- the Coachella uh, concert festival that's out here in the Southern California area. And basically, he but he tells his story about how he was having migraines and he couldn't get any relief for his pain. And someone turned him on to mints that are infused with THC. And he, I think Neil, you were talking about the hallucinations that you had with alcohol earlier. Uh, this guy, uh, Craig, pot, Gray, pot, laced pot, pot yeah. Late spot. Craig says his THC experience is bringing him closer to God. I'm quoting him here. Uh, there's an article about it in Fox News. And I, I, wanted, I wondered what your take was on I'll throw this out to the, the panel here of, uh, you know, what, what, what we what to make of someone who says, I'm a pastor. I want to help people who have problems with addictions. But, hey, this devil's lettuce stuff is actually pretty good. Those are his words. This devil's lettuce stuff. Devil's lettuce. That's it. Yeah. Uh, shrubbery. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Well, John, what what about that? I mean, uh, what about we are going to see pastors, we're going to see Christians, we're going to see more and more that are saying as long as this is legal, we're not violating Romans 13 and this is natural. This is created by God. He's given us every seed bearing plant. And on top of that, we recognize that we Jesus has given us the model of ingesting something that in moderation is not sinful, but you can take enough of it to where it would alter your state of mind to the point that it would be sinful. How is this any different? You know, and I don't think that it is, guys. And I think that, you know, where I come in, again, personally, am I for it? No, I am, I am not for it. For me personally, it's not something that I see myself ever partaking in and getting into, you know, unless... I have cancer or something along those lines. Would I look at the medical sides of it? Yes, I believe I would at that point in time if that became something that would would help in that particular situation. Um, but I think we have to be careful. It's one thing that you know I, I continue to hear us say. Well, as long as it's legal, it's it's okay. Well, you know, in my opinion, gambling's legal. But I'm not a gambler, nor do I think we should gamble. It's one of those things personally that I just look at and think. You know, God has given me 
everything that I have, it's his. I'm supposed to be a steward of it. And I think the last thing he wants me doing is sitting at a craps table betting on something I, know, I do not know the outcome of. Now, people would say, well, that's no different than, you know, you know putting money into Wall Street and so on and so forth. And, and you know, there is a huge difference between those two. And, and, you know, there are some known outcomes and you can do research on what's happening in Wall Street and so on where I can't do that in gambling. So, again, just because something is legal – doesn't necessarily make it good, i.e. 100 years ago, you could go down and buy over-the-counter heroin, you know, morphine, Mm -hmm. cocaine. Mm -hmm. I mean, all those things were over-the-counter, but were they all good for us to use, especially in any any kind of an excessive amount? The answer, of course, was no. So just because something's legal doesn't mean it's good. Now, when it comes back to the marijuana thing, and and, and folks, this is going to be something that's nationwide before it's over. Trust me in that. That cat is out of the bag. It's not going back in. It's going to become a coast-to-coast thing. So I think every Christian, every pastor out there is going to have to deal with this on some level. And, guys, I'm not, I grew up like Neil, very legalistic. I mean, hair couldn't touch the collar, sideburns mm-hmm. no lower than the middle of your ear. I mean, on and on and on we go. I mean, the stupid rules we had to put up with <laughs> as a kid, it was just ridiculous. And I don't want to be that guy that's imposing those types of rules on someone else. So the answer that I would have to give someone, if someone came to me directly and said, you know, what do you think about me doing such and such? My direct question next would be, why are you doing it? What's the purpose in what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just going to jump in. First of all, John, you were allowed to have sideburns? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, seriously. I mean, I read a book on when I was heading to college. I was 17 years old, super legalistic. I was going to win the world to Christ, and I was a, a legalistic, fundamentalist jerk is what I was. And it wasn't until I fell flat on my face and came and had an encounter with the grace of God that I, I really began to look at things differently. But I was looking for all the ammunition I could get about why alcohol was wrong. And I remember reading a book by the late David Wilkerson called Sipping Saints. And at 17 years old, with very little, you know, biblical training or anything, I remember reading it going, this is so fake right here. This is, he's like twisting scripture. I mean, you know, 1 Timothy five twenty three, stop drinking only water and use a little wine. And they go, well, oh, well, it wasn't really intoxicating kind of alcohol back then. Oh, okay, so that's why Noah got drunk and, right. and his sons had to walk in backwards Great and cover point. him in his nakedness. But, you know, on the other hand, I, like we look at uh, the stuff that the world does wrong and, and it upsets us and then we feel like we need to, to point it out. But sometimes I think the church does wrong stuff. And I'll give you an example. Proverbs 31.6 in the NIV. Check it out. We all know Proverbs 31, right? We love it. It's about the Proverbs 31 mm-hmm. woman. But prior to that portion of scripture, Proverbs 31.6 in the NIV says, give beer to those who are perishing. And I got to be honest, I never remember learning that in vacation Bible school when I was a kid. So, I mean, obviously, it's about palliative care and stuff. It's about caring for those who are dying. And but the, but the Bible does say some good things about alcohol. All I'm getting at is that I think that we try to create this culture that says everything's black and white, good and bad, instead of teaching our children and the next generation how to walk by the Spirit so they'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. Right. I think it was John that said it earlier. Why do you want to smoke recreational pot? What is the motivation yeah. behind it? And let's get to those kind of questions before we just make a set of rules and say, well, as Christians, we're for or against whatever it happens to be. Yeah, and you know, I uh, I think about what you're saying here, Neil, and I want to toss this over to you, John, in just a second. One of the things that that it seems to me as Christians we need to recognize is, is the issue of wisdom. And uh, we may be able to technically, legally make a case that, hey, I think I can I get away with this. I think I can get away with doing this. And as I quoted Paul earlier, all things may be lawful, but is it expedient? Is it really, is it really beneficial? Uh, and there is a measure of wisdom here to play. What is to be gained by smoking pot recreationally, even if we're legally allowed to, and even if we can make a biblical case for a green light before the Lord, uh, what is to be gained from this as opposed to what is potentially to be lost from this going down that road? And I'll give you a a quick personal example. Uh, I don't smoke recreational pot, even though legally I'm allowed to now, and I suppose I could make a case biblically if I tried, but uh, I I don't want to do that, okay? Uh, But... Alcohol, I don't see a problem with that. My wife and I go out to dinner. We have a glass of wine. Okay, fine. I'll just, but I don't struggle with alcoholism. I've never struggled with that. My wife doesn't. And so, therefore, I don't have a temptation to get drunk, and I don't see a negative downside for that. However, 
I will admit that, and you guys may know, that my daughter, my 17-year-old daughter, she died. She she collapsed in my arms and died uh, one day. And this was horribly devastating. This is my only daughter, my firstborn child. And, and burying your teenage daughter is just so brutal. And I was so distraught when that happened. And it was just difficult. I got to tell you guys, for a year – my wife and I did not even have a glass of wine at dinner. And I'll be honest with you, the reason that I refused it wasn't because I was taking some Nazarite vow or anything like that. Honestly, it's because I was so distraught, the temptation to just climb inside of a bottle and escape the pain was so real that I was mm-hmm. afraid to even have a glass of wine because I, I would just so desire to escape the world and just get plastered drunk. And it was probably a year, a couple of years before it's like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm okay to go ahead and have a glass of wine because that temptation isn't so strong. Uh, I knew what the potential downside was even though – I biblically was on safe ground and certainly legally on safe ground to have a glass of wine. I knew the the potential damage road that that could lead down at that time. And I would argue the same thing applies, and John, to toss it over to you, I think the same thing applies very much when it comes to recreational marijuana. Even if we can make a legal case for it, look up at the, the potential road that this leads people down, and is it really worth it? Well said. And guys, real quick, let's take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the National Crawford Roundtable. Dr. James Dobson left a successful career in academia to preserve and promote the biblical family in America. The radio broadcasting ministry of Dr. Dobson spans over four decades, earning him 17 honorary doctorate degrees and an induction into the National Radio Hall of Fame. Today, Dr. Dobson continues to champion marriage and parenthood through Family Talk. Listen every weekday at drjamesdobson.org. And be sure to reference the National Crawford Roundtable podcast when asked how you listen to Family Talk. All right. And guys, and, and Bob, to your point, I think everything you just said, number one, spot on. And, and I know personally myself, one of the reasons why I feel like I avoided alcohol and even to this day don't drink a lot. I mean, occasionally I may have something and it's by no means to get hammered. Uh, I fortunately and somebody did a DNA test not too long ago where fortunately for me, and I guess it's a good thing I didn't drink as a kid, I metabolize alcohol extremely well. So it would take a lot of alcohol to actually get me drunk, which is not good for my waistline. So it's probably one of those things that never getting involved in was probably a good thing. But like you, Bob, I think, you know, those of us, and, and I'm one of these individuals that has somewhat of an addictive personality. If I start doing something, I mean, I want to do it to the point to where it's over the top, whether it's us mm-hmm. doing these podcasts, you know, whether it's my work life, whether it's something going on at home, you know, wh- no matter what it is, I'm just one of those guys where I want to do it to the utmost. And including if I was started smoking marijuana, it would probably be the same way. And it's probably the reason why I've stayed away from, you know, certain vices. I had back surgery, for example, when I was 22 years old. And I knew from looking at other family members that had been addicted to opioids, that I was going to leave the hospital and have one pain pill max because I knew what those pain pills, right. if taken to an extreme, could do. So, you know, I suffered through the pain, did the, the ibuprofen, Tylenol thing, and did the best I could to not take any pain medication because I knew, again, my personality is such that that would be an mm-hmm. easy thing to get right. hooked on. And so I think for each one of us, and, and, you know, back to what I said earlier, and you guys have sentiment, sentimented this, and, and it's, it's sad, actually, that we all agree on this. Maybe that's good, maybe that's bad, I don't know, but I, I think asking somebody, what is their true intent? Why are they doing said thing? And I think you could apply that to every single area of life, guys, and ask somebody, why are you doing, you know, said thing? Is it because everybody else around you is doing it and you're just going along with the flow? Or do you really have a purpose in why you're doing that thing, including recreational marijuana? Okay, so then I think we need to ask, and Roger, let me toss this to you. As believers, then, how are we going to handle other believers who disagree with us on this in the body of Christ? Are we going to rebuke them? Are we going to call them to repentance? Are we going to just agree to disagree? Are we going to be okay if that worship leader or if that member of the deacon board happens to disagree with us and says he sees nothing wrong and is enjoying his freedom in Christ to have recreational marijuana in moderation? How do we look at that person? Can we treat this as an agree-to-disagree kind of issue? 
Well, I think first and foremost, a lot of people are going to get into this conversation simply because they, I, this is going to sound cruel, but I'll say it anyway, they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, yeah. the, the idea that they see other people using it, and they think, what's the big deal? No one ever got drunk off of, you know, smoking a joint. So what, what's your big concern? I, I was ruminating this past weekend on Second Timothy uh, 3 and 4, especially where it talks, where he talks about, the fact that, you know, scripture is available for it's all God breathed and inspired, but then talking about the aspect of teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. And I think that what we have a, uh, it's incumbent upon us, those of us who say, hey, look, we've, we've got to know more about what we're getting into. This isn't just a question of, well, I know what wine does, I know what beer does, so, uh, and I think I know what pot does. Um, the differences that we've been talking about here, back to the earlier segments on the, uh, on this National Crawford Roundtable podcast about the differences between hemp and marijuana, the differences between CBD and THC, what it actually does to us. I'd be willing to wager, though I'm not a gambling man like John. I mean, John is neither. I mean, none of us are. I don't want to gamble on anything. But I, when we could lovingly come alongside somebody and do the rebuking and correcting and saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, you're, you're saying you're making this claim about marijuana, but that's not correct. Let me correct your your thinking on this. We owe it to ourselves and to our brothers and sisters in Christ to be as knowledgeable as we can, to be as gracious as we can, but then tell the truth about what the real dangers are here, because there are right. some benefits to the products and the CBD side of it, but there's some huge dangers with the marijuana side, as John pointed out, how exponentially stronger and more dangerous the THC component is and the fact that they're growing it differently. You know, I mean, yeah. th this is not what God intended for this. It's what mankind is doing to it for profit and for the destruction of us. Well, and well what, said, but well, well said, well said. Yeah. And by the way, Roger, that's very true what you just said. Great, uh, great discussion, guys. And uh, let me just say on behalf of uh, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, Roger Marsh, bottom line, Southern California, uh, John Rush, of course, Rush to Reason out of Denver, which by the way, John, uh, we appreciate the special brownies that you sent us all. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, really enjoy enjoy them. We're really enjoying these Colorado brownies. Um, and Neil, thanks for that holy pizza, too. <laughs> That was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, and, of course, my, myself, Bob Duco, out of uh, Detroit. Gentlemen, great talking with you. Look forward to catching up with you next week on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Thank you, great, Bob. Bob. You bet. Take care, everybody. God bless. This has been the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a biblical view of culture, current events, and politics. Thank you for joining us. Download and subscribe to the podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. National Crawford Roundtable Podcast returns with a new discussion each week. Be sure to watch for the notification on your podcast app. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting Company production.